What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest is living one of my personal dreams. In 2019, her family purchased 26 acres of beautiful land complete with an 1860s farmhouse and barn where they host goat yoga to the public. While she's not taking care of animals and her kiddos, she's creating unique content for her YouTube channel called Mommy Farmer, featuring goat shenanigans, country kid adventures, seasonal cooking, and much more. She also is diving deep into the history of the land and the farmhouse which survived the Civil War so that they can restore Twin Pines Farm to its former glory. I can't wait to learn more about her and her journey to developing her dream. Rebecca Pyle, welcome to Montrospective. Well, thank you for having me. That's quite the intro. I hope that's accurate. Most yeah. of my guests, I tend to know a little bit, but you, we haven't met before, we haven't talked before, so I'm really, truly getting to know you for the first time through this, so I am really excited to get to know you, yeah. um, because that, that I didn't say that in the slightest, I, I really mean that. I've always wanted to own my own land and do something creative and fulfilling with it, and you're doing just that, so we're going to get into all of that, but first, we're going to start talking about you as little Rebecca, as a child, how did you grow up and um, how did that affect who you are today? Well, I did grow up out in the country. Um, we first had a house kind of in the woods, very Laura Ingalls Wilder, I guess, but um, and then eventually moved um, to another country home on 20 acres. And so I've always lived out in the country, but we never had farm animals. I had a best friend that had farm animals and always kind of envied that life of seeing what baby animals they were bringing home next. But um, I mean, I was always an outdoor kid playing um, outside, living outside and playing pretend. Um, I always played like I was some 19th century farm girl, probably a little too long and that's kind of the joke in our family is that um, I would always dress up old-fashioned like and walk the property talking to myself and um, and they always kind of teased me about that because I did it till I was pretty pretty old. <laughs> Do you feel like you had an old soul and you were just kind of connected to that or was it just something you were already you know always interested in? 
I mean, I think so. And I have a lot of people who always reference that statement of saying that I have an old soul. I mean, I, I don't know if I have that um, or not, but I do feel very connected with like an older time. And I don't know if that's the connection or just an appreciation for it, but I've always been drawn to it and have loved it. Um, and so that's how I always, I always kind of say, I feel like the property that we have now found me and my family, um, because it's crazy. I really grew up just 10 miles down the road from this farm and never knew it was here. And my mom even knew about it driving to and from work back roads, but I just never noticed it. I, and it's just kind of crazy how life works and draws you back to a place that isn't far from home. Well, yeah, that's kind of interesting because most people say I had my eye on this property since I was a kid and I knew one day I would own it and it would be a part of my life. But for you, it happened just the opposite. You didn't even know it was there, but yet here you are. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So while you were walking around in period costume <laughs> as a child, what were you dreaming about for your future? What did you want to do with your life? Um, I mean, I always loved animals and had, um, you know, a strong heart for them with our dogs and cats that we did have um, and always treating them like our babies. But I never was a kid that really had something set in stone for what I wanted to do in my life. I mean, I don't remember being a kid thinking, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be this. I think I was always a little wishy-washy on what that could be. I just knew I had these strong interests for the outdoors and animals. And I was big into writing in high school. And that's what kind of um, different people in my life kind of funneled me into the direction of going into journalism and studying that aspect of things. And I also studied psychology and got a degree in that as well. But um, I think I was always kind of lost. Like I didn't think I want to be a farmer and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I think my journey has been uh, kind of confused along the way and not really finding my way um, or just that feeling of being lost and feeling like I need to do what other people are expecting of me. So I would say that's a, that's a very big aspect of my, my growing up. So at what point did you come to acknowledge that and realize that and decide, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, what fulfills me and what makes me happy? There wasn't an aha moment. It was, you know, in in college, whenever I was studying to go into advertising, I really thought like, this is what I want to do. I want to live in the city and I want to be like, you know, career woman and that's my MO. And, um, and then I was on that path and it wasn't until I moved to Chicago and got what I considered my dream job shortly after college, um, working for a big time ad agency. And I just, was miserable. I realized how much I was not mo money motivated and that I didn't find any fulfillment in it. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling in their careers of just seeking out something that fulfills their soul and isn't just about getting a paycheck. And I know 
you know, a lot of us, we just got to work to make our ends meet. Um, but I think for me, it started that journey of figuring out how can I take something that I love and turn it into a career? And I think that's a struggle that so many people have nowadays, and it is difficult. And so I went through a period of time that I quit advertising. I went back to working in retail just to get a paycheck and pay bills because I still had student loans and all that coming in. Um, and it, my husband, um, who was a boyfriend at the time, got a job out in Colorado, and my brother lived there. And so I kind of just followed suit. And again, it was just like, let me just find a job that can pay the bills, even though I didn't like it or care for it. And I knew that in the back of my head, but being young, I think it was just like, well, this is what I got to do. You know, you just, and then I, I mean, I really don't know if there was an exact moment of feeling like we, I mean, I do know that once I had my kids, um, we had a strong desire of like, we got to make this dream for us happen before they're grown up. So I know that that like that's a big fast forward because there's a lot of life in between that moment because we didn't get the farm until I was already in my mid 30s. So it's been a long journey to come and finally get here. Well, and I think that's what so many people are going through right now, especially going through the pandemic that we're going through. Um, I shared with you right before this, you know, I recently just lost my job. You know, I was in the entertainment industry and there's not a lot of use for that, unfortunately, right now. And, you know, prior to that, I had the same feeling you did that I'm kind of doing a job to pay the bills. I thought it's what I really wanted and what I really enjoyed. But when I was forced to slow down and truly think about it, it's not about money for me anymore. I want to serve a purpose. I want to be happy every day. I, you know, I, I want to do something else. So I'm just in the process now of figuring out what that actually looks like and what that means. And, you know, you've been going through it now for a while and it's culminated with buying this property again, that you grew up down the street from, had no idea was there and you're building that life for yourself. So I think that's really inspirational and motivational to a lot of people because a lot of people's story is your story. They're taking job after job just to pay the bills until they figure out how all these pieces come together. So yeah. you mentioned you're married and you have two kids. Is that yes. right? Okay. I have three. So, you know, what led you and your husband to purchasing this farm? How did it come about for you? It was a wild ride. Um, but I would say what it started as was we knew we wanted to raise our kids out in the country. And so when we, we lived in Colorado for almost 10 years and um, I had my daughter there, but whenever I was pregnant with my son, we moved back to the area to be closer to family and to be able to buy a farm because it just, what we envisioned was just too expensive in Colorado. Yeah. But, um, and we just love it here. I mean, Missouri and the Kansas City area is just our home. So um, we knew we wanted to come back. But when we were looking at properties moving from Colorado, I mean, we sold our Colorado home the same day it was listed. And so we came back trying to find a home 
over a span of a weekend to find something quick. And for a country property, it's just not feasible. You really have to scout out, know exactly where you're looking at and what you want. There's so many variables with country properties. And, um, and so we kind of didn't have a clear vision and we were okay with just buying something um, like a typical suburb home to just call it good in the meantime. And we told ourselves, okay, we could be here and, you know, just kind of um, sit and scout things out for about five years. But I believe it was, it wasn't even two years into it that I went to a birthday party for one of my daughter's friends. And it was at this little farm of the grandparents were hosting it on their farm. And it was just magical and I had just as much fun as all the kids did <laughs> and it just really stirred something up in me that made me realize like we just can't wait any longer like it's okay if it's not just right or it's not just perfect we just need to jump and believe that those stairs are going to appear um, and I, I forget where I've always heard that that saying of like just step off the cliff and just trust that stairs will be there. And I really, it, as scary as it is, it's something I just always remind myself when we're making big decisions and having that faith um, is really strong with my husband and I. And so we put our house up on the market um, and then we're busy looking at country properties, but we did have, you know, we were under contract with another farm and, you know, you have moments where you think that's it and it ends up falling through and you're heartbroken and you kind of question why and you don't understand and you just you think, but I, I see my family there and you really do think that that's it and it ends up not being it. And there's another path waiting for you and it's um, difficult to accept that and and kind of have that shift of mindset to say, okay, this isn't it and pull back and be okay to adjust because that's our, when all that stuff was happening and contracts weren't working out and then we weren't able to sell the house and then the contract fell through and then all of a sudden our house did sell. And so then it was like, well, now we're not so sure about that farm and, but our house sold and we were gonna just jump ship Right before our house sold, we were like, well, we'll just maybe this is a sign to call it good um, and just stay in this house for a little bit longer. And whenever we got the offer on our house, um, we're like, okay, never mind. But my husband also started a job right at that moment, um, that same time frame, which when you're getting a house loan, isn't a great time to get a new job. And so we actually had to borrow my father-in-law's camper. And that was a decision we made as a family because I knew we had some, I had a feeling inside me that I knew we had something waiting for us. And I knew that we weren't going to need something long-term. So I didn't want to rent a place. Um, and so it was our decision to, move our family and live in this camper for the time being and we came to this farm's open house and fell in love but it was 
we just didn't know how we would make it work. Like it is a larger property than we had looked at before and um, just a lot of extra variables that we weren't factoring in plus my husband's job. So we had to kind of wait until he was at that job long enough and it, um, and so the house waited for you, the farm and the house waited. Yeah, so that's the crazy part is, so we first came to this open house in August. Um, and my husband, and so we came to the open house before our house officially made, got an offer on it and sold. Um, and we saw this house before my husband took the new job, but since everything was kind of setting still on our house, he's like, well, then I'm going to take this new job. And we thought that was like it. And then all of a sudden we sold our house and we were like, well, shoot, we need to look at this farm then. And, um, and then we started coming against the roadblocks of not being able to get a loan solely because he was at a new job. And so this is months and it wasn't until, and I went to every open house this house had, <laughs> and I drove by it all the time. Every time I visited my parents, I drove by it. I have videos of me like driving by saying, this is my home. I remember walking through the open house, like whispering under my breath, like I wish you would get out of my house. Like this is my home. <laughs> Like, I just felt that so much. And then um, it wasn't until Thanksgiving that we were talking about it and trying to figure out how to go about it because we were just worried about the loan. I said, you know what? The house is still sitting. They may be a little desperate. We don't know their situation. Let's just see if we could rent it from them or something, work out something with them. And so my husband drove up and like knocked on their door to talk to them personally about it. And they were open to it. And then we got realtors involved, but um, it was a wild ride. And I remember it was during a snowstorm um, and that he drove all the way back to this farm to meet them just to sit down and talk. And he told them about like my love of history and, our young kids. And what's wild is they were actually selling the house to downsize to move into a camper so they could travel to see their kids. I was like, we're, we're trying to move out of a camper. So it was just all meant to be. I don't know how much you believe in manifestation, but the fact that all that time you believed it was going to be yours, you drove by it and said, this is my house. You went to the open houses, you kept it top of mind you put it out into the universe this is going to be mine and then you know your husband must have some great negotiating skills too <laughs> to walk in and say hey you know no matter your situation our situation we love this house we want this house what can we do together to make this happen and it happened so you did find a way you knew there was going to be a way you just had to wait it out long enough for everything to come together because if you would have had to try to have that discussion back in August, it may not have worked out for whatever reason. The timing may not have been right for them. But and I think our our heartbreaks we had with the other farmhouses, because we had a couple, it wasn't just the one. I think the heartbreaks that we experienced on that journey to find the right farm were necessary because then as much as I I had my whole heart into this particular place, I also had it in the back of my head of 
you know, but don't try to fit a, a square peg in a round hole, you know, like if it isn't meant to be, it, it will play out as it should. And that alleviated a lot of stress and worry about it, that even though my heart was in it and I, I wanted it and I spoke on it, I wasn't stressing. I wasn't, you know, worried. I didn't have a lot of like negative feelings of like, what if this or what if that? It was just kind of a smooth, it'll play out as it should because we've been down this road before. Did you have the bigger vision yet at that point of what you wanted to do with the land in the farmhouse? Or was it just that you wanted to have, you know, land in a farmhouse to raise your family? No, I I had the vision. So my original vision is actually having an outdoor tea garden. I love having tea parties with my daughter. And I've always been into tea parties even before, you know, having kids. I love that. And um, when we were looking at other farmhouses, that was kind of my vision I always had in the back of my mind of being able to host um, tea parties for others. And so this property, just seeing it being old fashioned, I mean, it just hit the mark in every single way. Um, but again, it's you just come across different roadblocks on that journey because then I kind of doing more research to be able to host tea parties. I did, I just, I'm, I'm having some difficulties with that and realized that I got to pull back a little bit that I'm not there because that is a bigger aspect of it that I'm not ready for. And so then that kind of turned me into the direction of goat yoga and realizing, okay, let's just do baby steps. Well, that's a great way to introduce people to you and your family and the property because everybody loves goat yoga. And you've got quite a few goats, and they're all named, and they're all adorable. My husband is a massive goat lover, so we will be visiting you, for sure. (laughs) Um, But before we get into all the goat yoga, I'm just interested in a little bit about your relationship with your husband, because he, from what you've said so far, which is not even a lot, he seems like a very supportive, very understanding, let's figure it out and get it done type of man is that kind of the partnership you would describe that you guys have yeah yes um and I think it's a partnership to a T I mean and that's what it is it's not a 50-50 it's like we're both full in for each other and I think the biggest reason why he is such a strong support with all of this and this uh, vision that I've always had is because our time in Colorado, I was that for him with his job. And the career that he's in required a lot of sacrifice for, for both of us. Um, so, and it still is, I mean, he's still with, with that um, industry, but it's just a, it's a, hard, a hard one to live. And I think he realizes that, and he knows that I've, I've put up with it for a real long time. So. I think he knows that we've got to shift gears and start working together to kind of pull on another dream. Well, that's exciting because, you know, now you've got something to focus your attention and everything on. So while you're both still having to make sacrifices and it's hard, it probably takes, you know, the the pain, the pressure off a little bit because now you've got this whole new project. 
to work on. And, you know, I know historically that land and that property has, you know, a lot to it. How much have you been able to figure out so far with it? Um, well, the first year we lived here, it was just a lot of cleanup and figuring out the best, most efficient way of handling it. I mean, the first year I was mowing so much and finally I had some gentlemen stop and say, we're happy to bail your fields for you so you don't have to be mowing them because I would call around and I couldn't find anybody to bail for us. And so I just thought, well, I guess I'll just mow a bunch of it. Stuff like that is just kind of a trial and error. And I think we'll always be in a trial and error phase. I think that's just life. Um, and I've heard old farmers joke, they're like, we're still learning, but, um, this house needed a lot of work despite having a lot of it updated. Um, there's just still, there's just a lot of issues, but, and so that has hindered us wanting to grow as fast as we want to. But again, I kind of take that as a sign. Like I connect it with my kids are still so young and so um maybe if the business was taking off faster and where what where I want it to be then I may not have as much time for them and so I see that there's a purpose in the process and I appreciate it even if it can be frustrating at times but um there's just a lot of a lot of different maintenance you know and things that pop up and we're you know, even though I was a country girl, um, it's different owning a farm and owning animals. But that part is extremely fun for me to learn about the animals. Um, it's just dealing with like groundhogs in the barn and making sure they don't destroy that or have like we had a flood in our basement yesterday from a pipe breaking and it's old houses tend to have a lot of problems. Yeah. Well, we had mentioned, um, or I had mentioned in the, the very beginning that this house survived the Civil War and everything. Have you been able to, to dive into the history of the home or the land at all to learn more about it at this point? I know that uh, COVID-19 has kind of put in a, a damper on how much you can get to with the historical society and everything, but um, what do you know so far about it? I've been working on that journey since we've moved in, and I've had a lot of different neighbors stop by too to tell me different things but a lot of the, uh, the information I'm trying to get it confirmed with the historical society and I I had thought that the family had journals from like the original family who owned the farm um, I was told they had journals and so I did look through those at the genealogy center, but based on some of the information I was reading on them, I don't know if that's um, the exact people who own this farm based on the location. So it's been really difficult to try to get full confirmations, but I have some names confirmed and once thank everybody's you know, opens up a little more, then maybe I can spend some better time at historical societies to confirm this because I, that's the part that I'm most excited to learn is just who, who lived here before and, you know, who were they? I just, I know it was a family. I know the original owner of the land came from Ohio and bought 
with the union and that was probably a big reason why this was all you know salvaged after the war um and was still standing because you know they didn't tear down anything that was connected with the union wow well that I, i'm, I'm going to be excited to hear more about that because i'm a huge history buff and i'm fascinated by all of that stuff so the fact that there's journals hopefully they are attached that land because that's really cool so either way i mean we don't do stuff like that anymore you know necessarily so that's well, really i would love i mean uh part of what i hope to eventually do is be able to help educate people to the history of our area i would love for this to be a farm that you know young kids can visit and not only learn about farm animals and the way of, you know, growing your own food, but also just a little bit of our community's history. I think it's so important, especially nowadays for kids to kind of um, remember the past and not just think of it as something in the history books to be able to really see it outside of the museum would be wonderful. So was Twin Pines Farm the existing name of it, or is that something you came up with? Yes, that, so that was the original name of it. In my head, because I mentioned about how I had wanted to do the tea parties, I was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables growing up. And so in my head, I thought, this is Green Gables Farm, and that's what I was going to name it. And it wasn't until months later that a neighbor informed me, by the way, your farm is called Twin Pines Farm. And, you know, you, you can't change that. You got to respect it and keep it. That's really cool, though. I, I, you know, there's just so much history with that. And like I said, once you start kind of delving into that, who knows what you're going to find, what other little tidbits and everything. Um, it was interesting. Fun, fun uh, thing that happened to me on TikTok was I posted some videos of our home on there and usually I, I post a lot of like farm animal content um just to keep it fun but somebody saw a post of mine that i i was doing on our house and it was, happened to be a guy in the area that said oh my goodness that's my grandparents house i grew up on that property like every summer i lived there and it's just such a small world because you're connected to the entire world on this app and the likelihood of this guy who's you know probably around my age saying like that was my childhood summers were there and he was like that is 100 percent the house that my grandparents owned so i love being able to connect that way because i would love to you know meet more of the families that used to call this home you could have a whole little reunion and oh, I know, them, yeah. <laughs> write their stories about their experiences there and everything that's me i love heritage type properties like that i'm living in a house that's like 10 years old that's you know not very exciting i you know i like to hear about you know those older homes and the history with it because you know it's you said it's 1860s right but that's yeah and that that i'm trying to get confirmed because that was something we were just told by you know, real estate agent, but I, that I haven't even been able to confirm with the wow. historical society. Wow. You got a lot of work to do, sister. I know, I do, and I don't have enough time in the day. Oh, well, let's get into the fun stuff then, because we've mentioned that 
you're currently offering goat yoga, but goats are not the only animals you have acquired so far. And they are the most adorable, stinking cute animals I've ever seen in my life. So you've got uh, a little piggy named yes, Charlotte, right? baby pig. My kids, um, they compromised to call her Princess Charlotte because <laughs> they love, they love, we both love the book Charlotte's Web. And so that's where that came from. And then um, just a couple of, well, I can't remember if it was a week ago or two weeks ago because time's flying by, but we just acquired two miniature horses, Jewel and Star, and I absolutely adore them. And my kids are already begging to go for rides, but we're going to let them get settled in a little longer. But we also, yeah. we have our ducks and we have lots of chickens, lots of funny looking chickens. It was for me, I wanted to get kind of fun breeds and be able to, you know, teach kids all that they come in different ways. They lay different eggs and, um, I think, and we have lots of barn cats, the barn cats. Um, actually came with the property. We were told three, and then it got bumped up to five. And then when we moved in, we counted seven. And But then now I would say we consistently have five. I think we just had some, you know. Some visitors. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we have two ourselves, but they tend to stay around our house, and they keep they keep their separate ways. So are you kind of learning as you go on how to take care of these animals and everything right now? Because I've, I've got to guess if your, you know, husband has got a very busy job, you're kind of, uh-huh. you know, like you said, the mommy farmer. <laughs> yeah. Care of all the littles, everybody. <laughs> yeah. In fact, all the babies. <laughs> um, but we definitely research so much before we get any new animal. So anytime we get a new animal, it's not something that we've just decided on a whim to get. It's something that's always been in the back of our minds. I mean, I'd say the miniature horse has been on the back of my mind since I was a little kid. <laughs> but um, with the goats, I, I knew I wanted goats and I knew that they were a pretty uh, manageable farm animal like we had chickens before then I think that's kind of everybody's go-to on a first step like your starter Um, farm yeah (laughs) and we just took an old outbuilding that had previously had just tons of trash and junk um in it and we cleared it out and just made that our big chicken coop um so that's a lot of what we do on the farm is just taking what we already have and try to figure out how to work with it before we just get something new or, you know, we really try not to, we don't want to tear anything down. We like to salvage whatever we can, but the goats were the easiest um, step for bigger animals for us. And then it's, it's kind of the joke in the goat world that once you get, well, you have to get two because they're a herd animal. But once you get to, I mean, there's just no stopping from there. They're just so lovable and sweet and hard to say no. I went to get, I went to pick up one goat and that's what I told my husband. I'm going to go get a goat. I came back with four 
in the back of my Subaru. <laughs> and I kind of was worried of how he was going to react. And I even, I backed up my car to the barn so he wouldn't see, even though I knew he'd eventually realize we've got three more goats than expected. But I told him, because I, I got a deal on him. <laughs> you're and, like women, you're like women hiding Amazon boxes. You're hiding yeah. goats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not a big online shopper. I just buy goats. <laughs> but he was he was fine with it. That's you know, and that summed him up. He's like, as long as you can manage it and it works within our budget, then he's good. And um, I think his his worry is always me just taking on too much. Like he wants to make sure that I I don't push myself too hard because that's my tendency. That was going to be my next question because obviously your day-to-day life has changed from how it was prior to owning the farm. So now you've got animals to take care of as well. So what does your typical day look like? Oh, it just chaos. And that's, I used to be a pretty type A behavior and very, um, very organized, which I still try to be. But I've had to let a lot of that go. And I think um, moms can relate to this. Like you may have been a certain way before kids um, and even with one kid. But as you as you have more kids um, or the more life throws at you, it forces you to learn to just let things go and and just um, relax a little, maybe not have as strict of rules and just go with the flow. And that is what having this farm has done with me. And sometimes I do wish, you know, I miss a bit of my organization and having more of a routine, but there's times that stuff happens that you just, it, it throws your routine off. And again, I think a lot of parents can relate to that feeling that it's um, like when you're trying to head out the door and a kid spills their drink all over themselves. And then you got to, instead of just, you know, having a little panic about it. You just got to keep moving forward and go with it and keep your cool. But um, our day-to-day is usually, you know, getting my kids situated. And luckily, my five-year-old is amazing. I can, she's just such this awesome girl that loves to, you know, make her own breakfast. And I know that they can get themselves ready they just have really stepped it up and it's incredible. It just shows you how much how capable kids can be. Like they really can do so much. You just have to give them that opportunity to let them do that, um, you know, within safe reason. But then we head out and we do morning chores and that's letting everybody out. Um, it's pretty easy. It's just getting waters, um, Everybody this time of year grazes, um, so we're not filling up hay. And then I don't. There's just a million and a half jobs that have to be done. So it's either doing some sort of landscaping, mowing, weed eating, um, usually fixing something that's gone wrong. <laughs> and then I think my struggle is just making sure I remember, like, oh yeah, we've got this to go to. You know, I always want to make sure my kids don't feel like they're, you know, taking any sort of backseat to 
managing the farm. Like I want it to be a fun experience for them and not something that they, um, uh, what's the word? Kind of like you as work or, you know, chores or I guess whatever, but just more of a family yeah. project maybe. Yeah. Or I don't want them to grow up and, and think, man, I really, you know, I want it to be something fond memories for them and not like, man, our mom always made us do this yeah. and we never got to have a life or, um, and so it's finding that balance, but it's also realizing like we live on this awesome property and they really don't know any different and they don't, it's funny because going through quarantine, I would constantly talk to them and say, you know, you are so blessed to live in a place where you can run freely and roam and talking to them about what's going on in the world and letting them know, like, no, like other kids don't get to do this. And that's something that is such a privilege for you to have and you need to be thankful for it. Um, Cause I think that's hard, you know, and that's understandable. That's hard at their age to grasp, but um, I just don't want them to grow up just thinking that this is the norm. Like, I don't really know how to. I think you'll do a good job with that. I mean, you've got a very level head. You've got a vision for everything you want. And you've got two smart kids. So I think, if anything, they'll appreciate their childhood, that their parents, you know, wanted to provide them this, you know, land to raise animals and, have that freedom and all of that. I, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I don't think you have anything to be worried about. <laughs> good. I will say that one big major difference with the, with the kids is, um, and my daughter remembers this more so, but when we lived in our other homes, we just, we did a lot of crafts and we did a lot of the like, just typical, like, baking together and just a lot of activities um like running around doing stuff that sort of thing um and when we moved here you know we just stopped doing a lot of it because the farm does take so much work and not to mention it's just like we'll get outside and play and enjoy what we have here and um she's you know, there's times like, I just want to stay inside and make slime. And I'm like, well, I've got a mow. Like, <laughs> we can't, you know, some of that has to take a back seat. And I feel bad about it sometimes. Um, or the there's times she misses our neighbors that we used to live by. And, oh, I wish I could just hop the fence and play with them. Um, so that's hard sometimes. But I know with age that before you know it, I feel like our farm's going to be full of kids running around and not wanting to go home. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have the popular house, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you kind of, uh, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but you document a lot of your journey through social media and you have a YouTube channel that you call Mommy Farmer. Can you tell everybody what they can find there? Yeah, I well, I started that um this year and I actually I, unfortunately I did have to stop um, doing videos there for a while because of just the the time of year it takes a lot of time and I was trying to focus more on getting the business ramped up and dealing with 
you know, just the dynamics of quarantine, but I do hope to post more videos. But on there, I just wanted to provide a little uh, perspective on farm life. And there's just so many different things going on here. And some of it is just for my own personal, like I want to be able to look back fondly and, and remember that because it does feel so chaotic day to day. But um, I just, I feel like our life is so different than the normal uh, families. And so I, I figured it would be fun to show like, this is kind of like the norm for kids. And some of it um, is so reminiscent of my childhood, just playing in the creek and making mud pies and riding around and doing nature walks. But then I do have a component of cooking for food allergies because the, both my kids do have food allergies and we started growing a garden here so a lot of like fresh ingredients to use in the recipes and my daughter loves that segment that's kind of more something she's pushed um wanting to do because she loves the cooking and um i don't know where she picked that up it may have been from her Blair American Girl doll. I think she <laughs> has some videos that does that. And um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of a fun way to show people like the animals and the day to day because um, we always joke that you know people come here and they probably just think like we do it all in a day and get to enjoy. Whenever I tell people how long it takes us to work on some stuff, they just they don't believe it, but. I mean, it's just a constant, but it's a way of life. And some people I understand they don't, they don't want that lifestyle. They want to be able to go and run about and, you know, do a weekend trip, but that's just not our life here. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of give a window into that for others. Absolutely. Well, whether it was maybe somebody in your life who might not have agreed with what you were doing or whether it's something you post online, how do you handle criticism? Um, I am a bit sensitive whenever it comes to certain kind of criticism. And I definitely think it just depends who it's coming from. I know um, if it's anybody close in my life, it's uh, I'm out to prove them wrong, but I also always have that in the back of my mind kind of questioning like, well, am I like, but this feels so right. And it's really trusting that feeling that I have. And I think that's come with age. Um, and I think that's why it has been such a long journey for me to find my way here and realize like, no, this is what I want. Um, because I, I'm, I feel like in the past, whenever I was younger, I was a little more easily swayed of what I should be doing. Um, because I, I do, <laughs> have some, you know, there, there have been people who've been a little hesitant on support, um, hesitant on, um, I don't want to say, I, it's like you feel, you, um, like I know they're thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> Especially yeah, they don't they don't have to say anything. It's just yeah, it's, no. Especially it is funny. So whenever I I kind of shifted, everybody was all on board and loved the idea of my outdoor garden tea parties. 
And whenever I kind of had to pump the brakes on that, because it was whenever I was looking into permitting mm-hmm. and all that, and it just made me realize like, we're not there yet. And instead of forcing it, I'm going to shift. And, um, and so then it just seemed like, well, let's do, I love, I love yoga. I've done it for so many years and I always like goat yoga just always made me laugh and smile. And that's something that I want our farm to bring. I mean, that's, I just want to invite people to our farm so they can enjoy themselves and kind of take a break from the daily grind of their own lives. And so bringing up goat yoga to people whenever it's not as popular around here, it definitely got a lot of judgmental looks um, or and laughs and people thinking I'm joking. And um, I just had to kind of, I think that's easier to ignore and just say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm doing it. And you'll see like, and we've had successful events. Our events are always usually sold out and um, I'm, I'm adding dates into our schedule already. And I know next year will be a lot of fun with all the new baby goats, like the little bitty babies will be a blast. What continues to inspire you? Um, it, it seems so cheesy because it's, something you hear so often but when my daughter pretends to play business I mean that I've been shocked I didn't expect that and I think that is what really has put a bigger fire under me because I did love being a stay-at-home mom um and you know and I still do technically still am but um I I was never one of these moms that felt like, oh, I need to have this big career in order to be an example for my daughter. That was never in my mind. It was like, I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to be a good person, have good values and that and be a good example of the person. But um, now that I've started this business and she's seen me because I kind of just have to work it in here and there. Usually like the business side I try to do after they go to bed, but that doesn't always happen. And so whenever she sees me setting up for the event or doing all this hard work, there's times I feel bad because I know it does take away from just having good one-on-one time with them. But then I see those moments where they're, her and her, you know, brother are playing business and pretending to sell stuff and they're pretending to, you know, sell tickets for goat yoga and um and it's like silly, but then it does kind of take me back and realize like this is this is more meaningful than I'm letting it than I think it is. Like it's definitely more meaningful than I think it is. Um because I can kind of laugh like, oh, I do goat yoga classes. That's silly. But then I realize, like, no, they're seeing their mommy, like, work, especially if it goes the direction that I want it to, then it's it's definitely going to be pretty incredible to have them, you know, watch me along the way. And that inspires me just to kind of keep driving forward. 
Well, that's a good transition. Uh, my last question was going to be, fast forward, fast forward five years from now, what has Twin Pines Farm become? I mean, I hope it happens in five years. I don't know. That'd be pushing pretty hard. But I dream of turning our hayloft into an antique home decor store. Like, I have just this love of old items, and we're in such a throwaway society. And it makes me so sad that people are so quick to just throw something out and get whatever's the new trendy look instead of appreciating, you know, what we already have. And there's so much beauty in it, and I love the stories behind it. And so I hope that. You know, I I picture myself with the kids roaming around to estate sales looking for stuff and um, and also featuring other local artists. Like I would love to have our loft be a store that is, you know, maybe something that's a seasonal thing and not just opened all the time. But that's my bigger dream for this farm. And then, you know, to also continue doing the events where um we can have guests come and learn more about life on the farm i know right now i'm trying to work on doing a farmyard experience because i know goat yoga is not for everybody um but people still want to come out to the farm and be outdoors and so that's what i've got in the works now so i hope to still continue to do those sort of events um but it would just be wonderful to have a, a bigger aspect to have people come, you know, like, I, I don't know if you've been to Cockrell, but um, it's, it's, I think it's considered Lone Jack, but it's just off of 50 Highway, and Cockrell's an old farm estate, kind of um, different little farm buildings, and they have a bunch of kitchen stuff, and it's so sweet and cute, and you go into each little house, and they have something different in each one, and it's just a it's a fun shopping experience. And I think there's a lot of um, interest in that, you know, it's fun to shop, but whenever you're coming to a really neat property, it's just kind of more of a, a get together at that point. Um, and I would love that, you know, I, I picture people, you know, walking around and just enjoying the property and not just like, it's not just a shop, you know, it's just, um, when my husband and I, when we finally knew we were buying this farm and it was going to be our home, we both knew, like, we wanted to share it with everybody. You know, it, we didn't just want to say this is ours and only ours. Like, we knew this place is so special that we have to share it with our community somehow. And it is hard to find that balance figuring out the the right way to share our home because we're in a day and age that safety is a factor and and just liability unfortunately you know it's kind of a bummer to feel like you're putting guests in that position but you also don't want to be naive either so that's something we're still trying to um figure out because i feel like some of it our plans get hindered by that we want to do so much more, but then, you know, we also don't want to lose the farm over something that wasn't thought all the way through. So 
But if there's anything I've learned about you in the last hour, it's that you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you may not be in the next month or the next five months or, you know, whatever, but somehow you'll figure it out and it'll come together. I know. Certainly I like a challenge because I, I get them thrown at me all the time. <laughs> I've, it never has felt like a smooth ride, but, and that's something, again, it's like, not that I feel like old and wise, but I am learning quickly that it is all about your perspective through it all. I mean, it just, I, it's, the challenges have never changed. It's never, I mean, yes, there's times where it's, bumpier than usual or maybe it feels smooth there for a bit but you're always up and down there's always something coming at you and it's never really just some easy ride it your perspective makes it feel easier and it's just incredible um like I wish I wish there was a way that I would have known that back then, especially because the challenges back then that you think are so rocky really aren't. And then now um, you come across bigger obstacles and scarier ones, especially with kids. You know, now you just you have a family to support and you're taking on bigger challenges. And it's just funny how my husband and I are just like, it's okay, like we've got this, like we've been through stuff and we will just keep going and keep pushing. And that's why, I mean, that's, I couldn't do this without him because we both have that mindset of like, we are serving something bigger and that's where our love comes together is it's not about us. It's um, just about like doing something more in this world than just like living for our family. That is a perfect note to um, give you a challenge now. Perfect transition. Um, I do this little challenge called Find Your Montrospective. We all are put into situations every day that affect our mood, whether we're stuck in traffic or whatever the case may be. And I always like to challenge people to find the good in any situation. It may be hard sometimes, but there's a way to find it. So I have a scenario for you, and you are going to find your perspective. So, Rebecca, you are in line at a very busy grocery store, and the person in front of you has a cart full of items. After they've been rung up, their card is declined, and they have to call their bank to sort it all out, leaving you to wait because all of the other lines are busier than yours. Find your perspective. Um. I'm going to guess this has happened to you before. <laughs> I just, um, kind of, but it's so fun. Okay, so to answer the question, I would say um, finding rest in that moment. And I will say it depends if I have my kids or not in that line. Because especially if I don't have my kids in that grocery store line and I'm waiting, I can't tell you. I mean, in real life, I am happy to let people go in front of me and I am happy to just take my time and just breathe because I, um, that is my rest. And like, I'm always go, go, go. And those are the moments that I pull back and I just say, it's okay. I, I'm in no rush. And, um, and usually, you know, if I am in a rush, I'm probably not there grocery shopping, trying to be in and out. But, um, 
I, I mean, I, I live for those moments. That's why I, I kind of laugh because that those are, that's literally the moment that I always say, like, if my husband's got the kids and I'm going to the grocery store and if it takes a long time just to get a gallon of milk, like, that's okay with me because that's my moment in the day to kind of just breathe. Because even at the end of the day, I'm not exactly just like exhaling and calming down. Usually I'm already like, okay, what do I need to do for the next round of the day? All right. Final question. That was great. And I hope more people people, like think of it that way too, because while it's so quick and easy to get annoyed, you know, about a situation or whatever, if if that's your moment of peace for the day where you're not having to answer to other people or whatever, and you can just sit there and be in that moment, you know, I'm going to look at that as a gift. I, yeah, it really is. And I don't, I forget who I learned mindfulness from, but that is something that I am so in love with of just taking a simple task and being in that moment. And it really is calming. And there's, I mean, I, I'm like everybody where you're just like pushing through the day and got a million things on your mind. But that's, if I can remember mindfulness in a task, it really does like change um, how I'm feeling for the day or it just kind of, it's like a taking long, deep breaths, you know, it's just finding that calm in moments. Okay, here's your final question, I promise. <laughs> what, what mantra do you say to yourself to keep yourself going? <laughs> I, it's not all that creative. I say, like, you got this. Like, you got this. You've always got this. Like, you've always, you've always had it in the past. Like, so there, it's not necessarily some, like, strong statement, but it's, um, it's just always reminding myself that like I've I've powered through in the past and I'll power through it now. And That's so perfect. That's, yeah. That's perfect. Well, Rebecca, I envy the life you are creating with your husband and your family, and that you're sharing your peaceful oasis with the public. I love the history aspect as well, so I'm excited to hear more about that when you're able to share it. Uh, if you're in the Kansas City area and would like to learn more about Twin Pines Farm and when you can participate in goat yoga, visit twinpines.farm and subscribe to Mommy Farmer on YouTube and all of their social media pages. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.